All right, y'all, welcome back to the catch up. Uh huh. It's a podcast for people who proudly talk a little too much about food. <laughs> That's us. So today, I want to talk about the much anticipated, very hyped new area inside of Disneyland. So much hype. There's a lot of hype. There's so much of it. So much. It's called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It's been over four years since this land was announced by Disney's CEO, Mr. Bob Iger. And now the land is officially open to the public. And so for those listening in Florida, the land's going to open inside Disney's Hollywood Studios in Orlando in August. But we're going to be breaking down Galaxy's Edge right here, close by in Anaheim, California. It's the original OG Disney park. But if you're listening, don't tune out. (laughs) If you're like, dude, I have no idea about Star Wars, don't worry. You're not alone. On my first visit, I was calling this character walking around. I thought her name was Ren. It's actually Ray. So, like, Uh-oh. I don't know anything, so don't worry about it. You! <laughs> I do do Disney very well, and since Jeff doesn't really Disney like I do... Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I brought on the perfect guest for this episode. He's the head of Fubis Experiences. He's a proud traveler, Disney crazy fanatic. He's the man who somehow snuck me into Disneyland's private Club 33. Yo, flex and thank you. Hey! It's Mr. Bobby Navarro. Welcome back, my man. Welcome to the catch-up. Introducing your hosts, Eli Aruth, editor-in-chief, and Jeffrey Kutnick, CEO, and apparently the only guy who takes this podcast seriously. Of the craziest, most bestest, news-breaking, food-porn-peddling, viral website on the dot-coms, It's crazy when your future is decided by an algorithm. Dude, this pizza is fucking crazy! There's not one person in this entire world that believes you. Alright, and welcome to the catch-up. Let's talk Disney, bro. Let's talk Let's Star Wars. Hold on. Okay, for the non-Disney guy, I think I'm going to be asking a lot of questions because... I'm not a crazy Star Wars fan, nor do I know the Disney park as well as you guys. But I think I can vibe with a lot of our audience in the sense, like, I enjoy a theme park. I enjoy checking out cool stuff. I'm cool. <laughs> I, can, I'm cool. I, can be, I can be with it. So when, when you guys went into the park, like, give me, give me the first impression of how you got there, what you saw. Uh, and everything like that. So the first day I went was a media day. So it wasn't open to the public yet, still a media day. I just want full disclosure, that's like the first experience I had. So I checked in, you have to check in. My check-in point was inside of Grand California Hotel. It was really far from the park. But you walk into one of the ballrooms and they had redecorated and reconfigured a ballroom to look like something in Star Wars. So like, I was like, damn, the ch- normally a check-in area at any check-in. sort of media event yeah. is a fucking fold-out table, table somewhere, <laughs> right? And like, you walk in and it's immense. And I was like, damn, if this is just the check-in area, like, this is crazy. And what I noticed is all the cast members that were involved just with the check-in, they truly were cast members. Like... I didn't understand what they were saying. I, they were like talking to me, but like, are you part of the resistance or are you part of 
whatever the not resistance is. First order. And now, first order. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, resistance sounded better. And is that the good guys? Yes. Okay, fantastic. I chose right. And then they give you a, I got, I got gifted a different backpack. So already I'm getting merch in the first couple seconds. But anyways, the canvas backpack. The yeah, like the canvas backpack. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful merchandise in this park. So let's steamroll ahead to answer Jeff's question about what it looks like in the park. You walk through Disneyland and it's in, I believe, like the east, northeast end of the park. It's it's over near where uh, Bigfoot Rapids is. And Bigfoot Rapids is not very far. What? <laughs> Wrong park. It's the Splash Mountain. Behind Splash Mountain. Thunder Mountain is one entrance. And then Greater Country, Winnie the Pooh is like the second entrance. On Yo, the this is going to be a hot podcast. Guarantee. Wait, okay. So so he meant, he meant Splash Mountain. Yeah. It's... That's so it's kind of so it's on the edge of the Disneyland Park because I know Splash Mountain as kind of it ends in that area. So yeah. it it now opens up into Star Wars Land. Yeah. So in theory, it's going to now create like a full circle around the lake where you couldn't do that before. So it used to dead end over by yeah. the Pooh and Splash Mountain, and now it will. The park is now connected on that backside through Star Wars Land. Um, but I, I think even getting bef before that, like when you were talking about the experience, I think the reservation process was a oh, big yeah. part of that. Um, so how know. did you get in? Talk to, talk to us about how you got in. I got in through a media pass so, first. So the first time I got in was uh, a Club 33 invite. I was invited as a plus one from my, mm. uh, from my friend who's a Club 33 member. And uh, they went at the same time as uh, cast previews from uh, the Walt Disney uh, Animation Studios and Lucasfilms were invited that same day. Damn, so you were with some creme de la creme people. Well, they just right? like you could tell they all had their like jackets on and hats on. They were like super pumped to be there. So yeah. that was pretty cool. Can you back um, up and tell our audience what Club 33 is before you go on? Sure. Club 33 is a uh, private club venue. In, or it's a restaurant venue, really, um, over New Orleans Square. Um, you have to... Uh, pay a yearly due it's pretty exclusive there's a huge wait list for it um it's it was the first or the only place you could get alcohol in disneyland until now star wars is open and has alcohol too but um but yeah okay so it's an exclusive kind of members club that even if you had coin right now and wanted to get on it you'd still be waiting on a list to get in yeah, so I there's only so many people that have it i'm assuming because of its hype level people don't really leave so yeah. there's there's only so many openings yeah they're they moving into more corporate models so they're less and less like one-off families one-off people are getting it and it's more like corporate buys like AT&T will buy it and buy it for mm. all their members or executives or whatever so it's becoming more of that than okay else. so tell me about what what it was the reservation system was like for you to get in so uh, even with Club 33 we had to go to uh, which is now uh, the launch bay um, in Tomorrowland which is where all the reservations get their um, entry passes and uh, and so we anticipated that that line would be really long and it it wasn't they gave you a two-hour window to check in before you're allotted four hours because even as uh, even as Club 33 we got four hours too um, and the reservation times now regularly are four hours so for clarity this is a part of Disneyland that you only are allowed four hours at a time in you get a wristband and once you're in you have four hours to experience as much as you can and then you're kicked out 
Yeah, was it the same way for media? Everything. Or? Yeah, it doesn't okay. matter who you are. It's a four-hour block because oh, okay. they have another four-hour block of media or whoever coming in after. Okay. And I believe this is going to be the way it is until June 24th mm -hmm. where it should be open to everyone that has a Disneyland pass. So that is uh, tentative because what I hear the process is going to be is like fast pass. So you get to the park and Bruh. you get a fast pass for Star Wars Land and you can go, but then... That you, there's only a certain amount of fast passes for the day. What? So they're gonna like Fantasmic started doing that too because it get, got so congested that people were just like clamoring over each mm. other to get over there. So now there's a fast pass for Fantasmic where there wasn't before either. So they're still limiting the entrances to to that too. So, in theory, I'm gonna buy a ticket to Disneyland, and I'm gonna think I'm going to Star Wars Land. Now you're not. But, <laughs> but if I'm not. Jumping on the Disneyland app or getting my fast pass in as soon as I can, I may be paying that Disneyland premium and not experiencing it at all. Yeah, so far the only way to get through is if you already made a reservation because reservations are no longer available. And then if you buy a hotel room now, currently, that's the only way to get a reservation before the 24th. And then after the 24th, there'll be date limited access daily is what the like the official quote is but they're thinking it's going to be something like a fast pass line where you get a ticket in the morning if you're like clamoring to get in you're the first person to get in and then you get a time slot to get in there for so did, so did you guys experience the reservation system outside of the media day and club 33 yeah, so because you guys have been back just as regular people right yeah so i got a hotel room with a couple friends and we got the uh, Star Wars reservation through the hotel and then we also had friends I also had friends that booked through the reservation portal and then got a group of six in to go so I've gone all three ways yeah my second my second attempt there outside of media day was also through the reservation system a friend of mine booked that and then we all went we all went that that way so I've gotten experience both ways the yeah. ways where you have to pay to get in <laughs> and then the media day where they fluff you up and they give you free shit yeah. so full disclosure I'm gonna show you guys both ends of this on the podcast I'm gonna keep it super duper real so um, so walking in what's it like because the context that I have is Disney spent $4 billion to buy the rights. They put another billion into this park itself. I've seen, you know, on the periphery, I've seen some photos with people in front of a pretty amazing looking Millennium Falcon. Uh, but I'm assuming the production value is like through the roof. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, I think that was the the biggest part of it was that it was just so immersive. There's so many pieces that are aged. Like when you're talking about full immersion of any park or any event, it has to do with like floor, walls, ceiling, and also like background, you know, and this did it really well. You can't see any other park besides like when you're uh, looking for Thunder Mountain. That's probably the only thing you can see. But even that in context of Star Wars still kind of looks alien in its sure. own way. Uh, but you can't see anything else or hear anything else outside of what's there. What's wild is every other land, themed land within Disneyland and California Adventure, you could still see other parts of Disneyland. Like it, they're all kind of melding on their own. And I feel with Star Wars Land, from every entrance that you could access this land, you forget that you're in Anaheim. You forget that you're in Disneyland. It looks nothing like the rest of the park. You have no vision of the rest of the park. And even the entryways into them are grand and long. So yeah. there's the entrance that I had uh, over near um, 
Splash Mountain. That was a long, good, legitimate four-minute walk with with no one in my way. It took four minutes where I was just being transformed from wherever I left in Disneyland to this what's the, Batu mm-hmm. to That's Batu, the island or, or the the, the, the space I, the space <laughs> island of Batu. Uh, and it, and it was incredible. You start seeing things change. You start looking, oh, the trash can is no longer the trash can you see in the rest of Disneyland. Yeah. It's built into this crater and, and everything is special. And then the people are different. The cast members no longer talk like a Disney person. They're now speaking whatever the native tongue of Batu is. Money is no longer referred to as dollars and cents. They're credits. They're at, instead of asking for your Disneyland pass, they're like, they make up a word for something that is recurring so you can get your discount. It's it's fully immersive. People, wa- a cast member walked up to me and was like, oh shit, um, did anyone see me? And then you see two stormtroopers walk by. So everything in that sense is so more immersive than any other land in Disneyland. I was like, all right, shoot. On premise alone, this is worth the price of entry. And I haven't even seen anything yet. Yeah. So, I, and I had similar feelings. I think that uh, they really took cues from, you know, this is a big comparison and kind of parallel to uh, Harry Potter land. You know, mm. everyone there has a different robe, represents a different house, has their own character sentiment. And this and Star Wars now takes that to the to the next level. And the whole place kind of drew the people that designed this land, the Imagineers and everyone. They took a lot of cues from real world locations yeah like istanbul morocco Morocco. arab countries like it was really fun to see that kind of come to fruition um but dude there's like 12 food stands and shops in the park right now there's only one ride open yeah and it's the millennium falcon ride smugglers run yes can we just talk about rides for a second (laughs) how did you feel about that ride uh i thought the ride was much different than any other ride that they have on site it's uh, the ability to have control over your own environment was interesting. Mm. Um, and then how they broke it up between pilot, engineer, and gunner, um, allowing for a variation of experience every time you enjoy it. I thought that was really smart, too. I thought that shit was bunk. <laughs> I, I thought it was whack. I think you have to go a few times to really kind of get it. Because like I, I, the first time I did it as a pilot, mm. it was the most... like anxious that I've ever been on any ride ever because you're in full control of everybody's experience in that pod right so then you're like oh I'm only in control of left and right this other guy next to me is the other pilot he's up and down but then I have to like push all these buttons I can't focus what's on the screen and then people are like ah I miss this or whatever you know and you miss the point of what you're supposed to be doing like I, I probably went on it three or four times before I was like Okay, now I get it. And also, I don't want to be a pilot. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, let me paint the picture for you. So when you walk in, you walk through the land, you have to walk through a fair amount of stuff to get to Smuggler's Run, which is the name of this Millennium Falcon ride. The entrance, let me tell you, is probably the most like magnificent theme park thing I've seen anywhere ever. It's the whole Millennium Falcon. I don't know what true to size is, but it's the size of a basketball court in person. Like that's how big this thing is elevated it looks like you're on the runway of wherever it takes off it's magnet it's the coolest thing i've ever seen inside of a disneyland or any theme park hands down then the ride itself is the the entryway and the 
the line waiting in is all cool. Thematically, it's really cool inside. The attention to detail is crazy. Once you get to the second, you never are bored while waiting in this line. Which is which the is, whole like Disney mantra, you know, it was build super a queue cool. that's yeah. immersive. Yeah, and Disney doesn't do that great everywhere, but on Millennium Falcon Ride, they do it great. Like once you're on the second floor, you're like, damn, there's a second floor of line and queue I have to sit for. Now you get the top view of the Millennium Falcon mm -hmm. and you see that they actually took care of the design of the top of the Falcon that you can't see outside of a GPS. Like, yeah. But now the, the, there's such care at the top of this thing. But when you get in, the ride is basically... Is it a 3D ride or is it kind of a, a, it's a, it's a, a ride ride? It's a hybrid... Uh, 3D VR experience. But um, you don't have to wear glasses. But you don't wear glasses. Yeah. You sit in, uh, there's a cockpit with three rows, two, two people to a row. There's two pilots, there's two engineers, and there's two gunners, basically shooters, people shooting stuff out of the sky. Um, and you get randomly assigned a role by these cards from an engineer in there that just like, here, you get this, you get this. I'm gonna tell you guys right now, fight to be a pilot. Be a pilot, it's the only bearable part of this ride experience, right? The line is cooler than the ride. And I've never said that before in my Whoa. life. Of any experience, the ride is not as cool as the line waiting up. There's tons of photo opportunities in line that you should enjoy and embrace, and then you're gonna be bored as fuck on the ride. Because <laughs> here's what happens. Everything seemed very, uh, it was like it was patronizing to me the the experience that you have on the ride. Here's this opportunity of all the technology that Disney has at their disposal, and the engineer is basically pressing three buttons on a wall when the ship is malfunctioning. That's your experience. A shooter, instead of having a gun or a joystick to actually point and shoot things out of the sky, you are also pressing three buttons on a wall. Like that is the experience you have. And so, especially on your first experience, you're focused on this panel of buttons on the left side yeah. and you're pushing these buttons that light up and you press the button, you turn it off, it's stupid. And then you miss all the action of the screen in front of you. And the screen is cool because you're basically looking out the window of a cockpit sure. and everything beyond the window is, is the graphics and it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong, if I was watching this once it's a cool, quick cutscene of a movie. But as a ride, I think the Star Tours ride is better, a better experience that moves and it's not patronizing. You can't control it, but you're also in it and it's fun and you just focus on watching something. I think the 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 uh, Toy the Story ride where you shoot oh, stuff is that. a better ride. Yeah. Like, and so they patronize you also with a score that your team can get by basically you're smuggling. So you're like grabbing these crates of whatever energy, you're grabbing of energy. And so you get a basically a superfluous point score at the end. Like you don't know how you rank compared to other people. You don't, you felt like you were pushing buttons the whole time, but it didn't affect anything. And I haven't ridden the ride more than twice, but the visual experience on screen looked the same both times. So for me, I was like, damn, like this has had the opportunity to be so cool and actually like the, the user could actually potentially affect the outcome of something. And I was like, it kind of failed on both fronts to me. And I was like, damn, I waited a long line. But once I got off talking to the group I was with, I was like, hey, that was fun in like waiting in the line. But I hate to have that, like, if I had paid for this, I was like, dude, I wasted my money waiting in line. So if you have a good team together, 
you can progress into more planets, longer ride time. Like, there's a lot. There's a wait, really? Yeah. Oh so, shit. Okay. So if you get like, uh, so these you're following this train is the premise, and the train has all these. Each pod has an energy like crystal in it. And so the most I've ever seen anybody get is two. But if you get two, then you get into this asteroid field and then you're fighting more people and then you go to this other planet. Like there's as I think that's what they're building in this game is that there's opportunities to like a real game, have new worlds that pop up because Mm -hmm. one thing triggers something else. And so I, I think that there's definite potential here to create that. But to your point, like, and back to what I was saying earlier, is like I, I didn't like that I was so focused on what was happening mm-hmm. in front of me or on the walls, and I couldn't focus on the screen. So that's why I like Gunner because there's an auto option, and you could just push one button, yeah. and then it shoots all the things in the sky that it's supposed to. So then I could just hold it and watch what everybody else was doing. But then you want to have a good pilot who's like actually following the train <laughs> and getting into the right areas because I mean we went four or five times, and we have different pilots every time. One pilot was a little girl who couldn't even reach the joystick. And so her mom's like doing hers and then doing another one. Trash and pilot. And you're bro. just like hitting, hitting everything all over the place. And you're like, oh, this isn't going to last long. And, and both didn't. times I had trash pilots. So like yeah. maybe that was my experience. Is that <laughs> our Millennium Falcon the whole time was just hitting the dirt. Like yeah. the whole time. I wasn't doing anything. Wait, so like, does that mean your ride experience if you're randomly in a pod with someone you don't know and the little girl's the pilot that... Yeah. Your ride experience that you just waited potentially two hours for yes. because this is the sole ride in Disneyland is shortened and incomplete yes. because of the random designation for that pilot. Yes, absolutely. Fuck that. You yeah. need a license. They should give you, you need a license to drive this thing. Like for real, you can't have little kids coming in here. I want to be the pilot and you're a grown up, So you're like not going to let this kid experience the pilot. So both times I'm like, yes, you can be the pilot. Like I'll be the fucking engineer who pushes buttons. Like yeah. I'm at Disneyland. I'm not trying to work more. I want to like I want to fly the Millennium Falcon. That's yeah. all I want to do. But yo, man, if that's the single ride in Star Wars, and I just waited two hours, and I see a little kid going to that pilot seat, I want to be like, yo, switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. gonna take that kid For sure. by the side of his head, and I'm going to push him over into the next seat. <laughs> but what's fucked is like when you. So it's cool. Is, again, I was talking about the line being super cool. So at the very end, right before you get on the Millennium Falcon, this is really cool waiting room where they start introducing you to who your engineers are and there's like a really cool table to sit out take a picture um there's like this uh bunk bed situation where you can take a picture next to it's all really cool in there and then one of the ride engineers will come out and basically they have six keys two of them are for pilots two of them are for engineers and two for gunners and they gotta see a group and like see kids and be like i want to give this kid the full experience so they always give the keys to the kid and then they leave it to the group to fucking decide if you're going to trade yeah, fight with each <laughs> other like, to do okay, that this is what's going to happen like I have to tell like little Sonia five years old that like sorry I'm the pilot now like this shit doesn't fly so it's like there's too much up to chance on this ride and even as a pilot I feel like you have the option of flying up or down the left side and the right side is like you either go left or right yeah so I don't know I just felt like they could have done so much more. It could have been so much more in control. They have this technology. The build out of it is beautiful. But if you're a gunner, why don't you put a thing where yeah, you can like shoot? Yeah, like a real gun, like the Millennium. Like that's what people were yeah. expecting. And then like don't 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 put an engineer situation in there. Like everyone like 
If you're going to draw attention to the screen, make everything you do make you look up at the, the world screen. that you're trying to fly through and defend and shoot out. I was like, bro, I, I can't do I'm not doing that right again. Yeah. Like, I'm just not. Yeah, the single writer line is kind of the pro tip there because not everybody goes into it. And then you're going to be random. If your group is not six people, you're going to be with random people anyway. So that's what I we end up doing. Oh, you might get, as well. Yeah, the single writer line goes so quick. We were five minutes in, five minutes out. But then you could try all the different seats and then your your rate of getting a better pilot and a better experience was better. Yeah. So it sounds like there's a multitude of food options mm. and that's going to be really important because there's one ride so, yeah. I, so because this is the food podcast i think it's time <laughs> to talk about the food what did you guys what well give me a a top level view of more or less how many concepts are kind of in there and the concepts that you think that people are worth seeing and and we can go into the menu items from just there. one point to make real quick sure. there will be two rides Okay. There yes. is a second ride coming, and they're project. They say it's going to be by the end of the year, and I assume it's going to be when the new Star Wars movie opens in December. That's my thought, but just wanted to lay that out there. There, there is another <laughs> ride, and I heard rumors are that it's very good. Yeah, it's very good. But I only have the one ride to base on. Yeah, absolutely. And why I mentioned earlier on that there are 12, 12 or more shopping and eating destinations within the new star wars land and there's one ride is that ratio feels so weird to me it's so off of like things you could do versus things you have to purchase to have a good time i definitely want to get into the ratio at some point but i want to talk about the food first because i want to give people an understanding of what they can eat and drink there mm. because again from the limited that i understand is that if there's not that many activities in this area, you you should probably save your stomach for eating in this area hmm. because it's one of, one of the things that you will want to do. So I would say, well, there's, there's a cantina. There's the Dock Bay 7, which is their like uh, order at the counter and then eat at the table. There's the Ronto Wrap uh, area, which is a grab-and-go like pita hot dog situation there's the milk uh green and blue milk station and then there's the popcorn yep and so those are the five eating ish areas um i've been telling everybody pretty pretty openly that the canteen is like a really hard place to get into so if, if you want that experience that should be like i'd be lying there first because they're limiting how many people are in there um but also there's no uh food really in there there's mm. like two little snack things that are like not sustainable. So, um, but I'd recommend going to the canteen. Absolutely. But let's, so. let's start with the cantina because sure. this, again, I've watched the original six star Wars movies. I can name maybe 10 characters and I like the movie, but I'm not a super fan, but I were, I were very viscerally remember the cantina scene, which is one of the most famous scenes like in, in star Wars lore so this is that cantina, right? The cantina. It not. It's not. It's the cantina of Batu, and it's so it's a different. It's a, it's similar, but it's not supposed to be the same. And so I think that's what their level of expectation there was different because people were going in like I'm going to see a live alien band. Yeah. Or I'm going like that's, that's was that's my thought. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, so it's a, 
It's a different cantina. Yeah, but I thought it was tight. <laughs> like the whole talk about immersive. I vaguely remember the scene you're talking about. And so, but because it was so vague to me that I was just like, I think that's the same one, but this is super cool. <laughs> so all the cocktails are on tap. So you can't like go in there and order like or Jack anything. and Coke, please. Yeah. But don't trip on that. I think some of the cocktails are pretty good. The non-alcoholic ones that Bobby told me about are awesome, yeah. right? So like either way, you're not going to get smashed in this place. They have a two drink minimum. So you got to go in there and just Two drinks maximum. Ma- sorry, yeah, maximum. <laughs> you do get smashed two drink minimum. That would have been fire, dog. That's some six flag shit. Wait, so, so, so you're, well, one, you're saying if you have at the start of your four hours, go to the cantina because if you don't go at the beginning, who knows if you'll ever get in. But once you do get in, you can order two drinks max per person, per person. Yeah, before person. they're like time to move on, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, their average is like 45 minutes. So they tell you those so that they can kick you out if their long line is too long. Um, now they're letting people get, uh, put your phone number in the front and then let you walk around the land, yeah. which they weren't doing before. So yeah. they just started doing So that. the super pro tip, with the beginning of your four hour reservation at this place, run <laughs> to the cantina. You run, you tell the bouncer at the front that you want to put your name in. They put your name into a system and then they text you. Mm-hmm. And so that way you get to go and experience whatever you want to experience up until you get that text. Run right back to the cantina. Go in there, grab a couple drinks. Wherever you sit, you're going to have a good time. You could sit up at the bar and you could see all the really dope decor up there, above there. They have one drink that has this like boba in it, but it's like res- the boba is like recirculating inside this glass. Really cool. It's dry ice at the bottom, so it's like spinning the boba in the inside. Oh, cool. Did you have to... Uh, did they make you leave at any point? Or no, but I came in at the tail end and more pro tips. Come in with a bunch of friends. Yeah. Hopefully some of them don't drink. Yeah. And have then you try each the one can order like two That's and then that, you just get smashed that way. So shout out <laughs> to Dara of the Pizza Press, the homie who came in with us there, his wife and their friends. Y'all, y'all ordered a lot and didn't drink a lot, which made me a drunk, happy camper. Um, I, but, want, I want to stay in the canteen a little bit because... The canteen is a big deal in the fact that it's Disneyland's first public bar, mm-hmm. which kind of blows my mind that Disneyland never had a bar for for a second because the restaurant industry side of me knows that the bar is typically the place to add margin and profitability for a restaurant because you can kind of control your inputs and anyway that's probably a nerdy way of describing it but it's huge profitability for the restaurant and even when the food side of a restaurant is potentially losing money you can still be making money with like a big bar now i know disneyland is specifically like family oriented so i get why they didn't have one but I don't know. It seems pretty bewildering to me that they didn't have one for this long. I mean, how long? What what anniversary is Disney on? This is the first bar. I don't know. That seems pretty Bro, crazy. But to D- me. Disney Disney doesn't operate on the margins that sane people like you and I think about sure. that know about restaurants. They're charging eight dollars for a non-alcoholic slushy on 
outside this bar. They don't need to win on a max capacity, like 100 person bar yeah. inside there. Yeah. And you're not allowed to take the drinks out. So I think they're just like, you know what? We want to keep our families happy and not have a bunch of drunk dudes wandering totally. around. I'd rather them go spend $100 on a BB-8 in the droid factory, which is probably all margin for them. So like they'll make $98 droid. I don't think they give a shit about the alcohol. Yeah. And they sell alcohol in the other parts of the park and I'm sure it's extremely lucrative for them, but like it was I was a little if I if I had any like negative note about the cantina other than like it's hard to get in there. It felt like I was in it going into a club. Yeah. Which is like a club within a club. It's like hard to get yeah. anywhere <laughs> in this fucking place. Um, was you can't take the drinks outside. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know if it's cuz the receptacles you get are kind of cool and glass and they just want to keep that experience inside that cantina, but you can't take any of the booze out. So you're not really boozing and walking. You're drinking and it's contained. So no one's getting sloshed legally inside Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Well, Bobby, tell me about the cocktails because uh, we've been, for example, we've been to a thematic bar on Disney property. We've been to Trader Vic's, which is not in the park, but... Next to Sam's. Oh, sorry, Trader Sam's. Yeah. Love Sam's, um, bro. That where, cool. you know, it's next to downtown Disney. It's part of the hotel property, but it's a full, fully thematic tiki bar that went, when I went with you, like their bar, bar program is amazing. It's a craft bar program. The bartenders are were fun. Um, there's thunder and lightning and different animatronic things kind of happening within that bar. From what I gather, the bar in Star Wars is not that on any level. And you're a cocktail guy, so what was your opinion and what of what you saw cocktail program wise in the Star Wars Cantina? Yes. Also, answer is thematic stuff because it's thematic in there. It's There's thematic. shit going on. It's thematic, but it, it's definitely like uh, the level of that. I think like Trader Sam's is is like every drink has like an experience that comes with it right like lightning here lightning there Mm -hmm. the energy in there because all of the bartenders are talking to each other and excited to be there like it's a different vibe and feeling and it's the same at the well uh the walt disney world location trader sam's has like an octopus that comes in and, and moves its tentacle around like a clam that opens up and like everybody stops because it's open and singing like there's like a definite like difference between what those were and like yeah there's like animatronics like in those little jars that they have hanging over the bar but it wasn't to the level of even like where the movie was i thought there was going to be like live animatronic aliens playing music Mm. which i thought would be really cool and that wasn't i'm not the only person that thought that i definitely ran into people that are like that's going to be the thing and then when you're like okay robot dj is the only thing you have activated here that was pretty rough um and i think even in the disney world like service wise they're still getting their bearings together because the same attention to detail they had throughout the park with like the character building like you were talking about like you know when something happens like this x y and z happens right like knowing their character in this world it got kind of fuddled in in the bar it's not the same energy that it is outside with like that kind of attention to detail in that way and so there's there's 
places I think that they're gonna need to grow there. That's a good point. Like everyone was in character, but inside the bar, there's like regular a hole bartenders. Yeah, like just like they're yeah. like completely what do you breaking character. What, what do you want? Yeah, Visa, Mastercard, yeah. whatever. No, 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 no. You gotta stick to the credits. What about the credits? I just learned about this. What are you taking this away from me? I just spent yeah. an hour ordering popcorn. You're just gonna take my Mastercard like that? I said it was wild. Yeah. So I think they did a good. Uh, did a good job in kind of understanding what people wanted that it should be immersive but it still didn't hit a lot of the marks that I, I expected yeah. and that that was a different because everything else in the park was like wow this is awesome and they nailed it and that was the only one I was like mm, could have been a little different how did you think of the actual cocktails because some of them I thought were, were quite nice and some of them were a little meh but yeah I mean I, I thought they did an uh, a good job at making like each one interesting in their own way you know mm. like the there's one that has like a, a tingle like a tingly foam on it so when yeah. you sip it it's like tingling in your mouth love that one um, and then there's one that tastes like a watermelon haichu like I've never had that flavor before in a cocktail which is interesting but for the cocktail head you know the person that's like craft cocktail whatever like this isn't really the bar for them mm. um, jet juice I think is the closest but it's like a bourbon a take on a Manhattan with like bourbon on it kind of but it still was not like a Manhattan you know you can't get a classic cocktail drink there um so nobody should expect that you know this is definitely like a themed theme park bar you yeah. know well it's coming out of a keg i mean yeah it's, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's all pre-batched it's all uh it's yeah it's all off uh tap anyway so the fuzzy tauntaun fuzzy tauntaun is the drink that it's a has like this buzz foam on top and when you put your lips to it your lips kind of go numb your tongue will get a little tingling sensation yeah. i recommend that one if you're if you're looking for something that's a little fun once you're in there, and then Costa, what's the uh, boba drink that that's the carbon freeze? Carbon freeze, my friends. Mm. Carbon freeze is a fun non-alcoholic one. Maybe show your kids that. It's pretty. <laughs> it's actually a little challenging. It's very fun to look at. Very challenging to drink <laughs> because as soon as you put it to your lips, your your nose like kind of explodes. It's hard to put it down because of all the the carbonation kind of coming up. It's pretty tough. Did they sit you at a place or did? They sat let you at the choose. bar. Okay. Did they so, tell you to sit at the bar? Correct. They're they're very specific. They're like you take this seat, this seat, and this is at the bar. This seat, this seat, and this seat. Yeah. It's very cramped. Um, so I didn't know if that was like the vibe they were going for. Yeah. So to go back to this like hospitality thing that like Disney's like tr known for, right? Like, yes, whatever you need will kind of cater to you and help support that. This this bar again goes back against that a little bit and you're they're like okay well you can take like this area we need you to sit at this table and it's it's they're not you don't get your own table it's all kind of communal you know all the booths are too big to hold only one party all the standing tables are too big to hold one party so it's very communal but then you're assuming like okay well if they leave like I should be able to jump in because that's like a typical bar situation but that's not the situation they will stop you from moving wherever you want to go and and then you can't join any other party that you you know may have connected with or whatever. Yeah, they're very specific on that, which I thought was strange for being so like hospitable. Typically, they're like very anti doing anything. Different and we'll there. get to that when we talk about other activities. I'm trying not to stray too far away from food, but remind me about that when we talk about like hospi hosp hospitality within yeah. the whole within the whole park. Um, so at this point, after some drinking, I get really hungry, and we go to. Uh, Ronto Roasters, yeah. which is like the first thing you see when you go through the bazaar if you're coming in through the Splash Mountain entrance. So this is like you pass the popcorn stand and then this place is like it's called Ronto Roasters and 
you look and in the middle of this courtyard you see this these huge animals on spits that it's like they're like cooking this giant shawarma spit of whatever alien they caught and i was like this is it's magnificent i don't want to eat it but like this is breathtaking <laughs> yeah so there's a droid like cooking it so there's a droid from <laughs> one of the episodes on there like spinning the the roast on there and it's being uh roasted by a jet engine in the sky yeah. so it's like it's a huge like three four story just like activation to see it and then behind it is where you order order the ronto wraps yeah the ronto there. wrap i gotta give it up that's probably one of my favorite things Don't that they have on there. the ronto wrap <laughs> I'm surprised to hear you say that because I'm looking at the photo right now and the photo literally looks like a Hebrew national hot dog <laughs> in uh it's in, longer in, than a Hebrew bro, okay? Yeah, but like in in a in a tortilla with unmelted cheddar cheese on top. Like that's the that's the media photo that we used Word. in our ed- editorial that Costa wrote. Yeah, media photos are always trash. Again, like like I said last <laughs> week, Disney, y'all need to hire us, take these better photos, check our Instagram app, Foobies. Like we'll do you right. So yeah, when I saw that I, shameless plug. I didn't I didn't I didn't want to like it. I didn't want to like it. I was like, PETA, come on, bro. This looks like a a a, a poor Arab rap. Like oh, oh so a poor Arabic people. What do you have in your fridge? You have a hot dog and some pita. Cool lunchtime. That's what I did growing up. It's like you want a hot dog. I was like when my mom would ask me, like, hell yeah! And I was expecting like the nice bun that everyone eats in, fucking hot dog wiener pita. wrapped in a pita. You want a peanut butter and jelly, Eli? Yeah, okay, fucking peanut butter and jelly in between a pita wrap. So when I saw this shit on Disneyland's Fuck menu, <laughs> when I saw this shit on Disneyland's menu, I was like, bro, it's some poor Arabic shit you guys got going on. You're just going to throw a hot dog in between a pita wrap? Is this some Star Wars shit I missed? But when I ordered it, it's it's a nice spicy link. Okay. O- oversized okay. Hebrew national, but nice spicy link, right? Shout out, Bobby. Let's go. <laughs> and then they cut and they shave little uh, pork. Yeah. Really delicious. They have a nice slaw. slaw. Mm-hmm. Dude, and like a nice tangy. They have this peppercorn sauce. Dude, and the, and the pita was nice. Yeah. I'm like, oh, really y'all came good. through. You went to Wholesome Choice or some shit. You went to a real market and got this. Well, and then when you're waiting in the hour line for your droid or the hour <laughs> line for your lightsaber or the hour line for the cantina, it's the only grab and go mm. food that's like sustainable that you can like pick up and go anywhere to eat. So that's the lunch version. I didn't get to try the breakfast version. So they have, did you try it? Yeah, with the egg, oh, so egg and cheese. So it's egg, cheese, the so hot dog. Of the slaw, it's egg and cheese. Of, got it. That yeah. sounds great. And it was delicious. Okay. And I don't. I don't remember the price exactly, so sorry for everyone, but it, I thought it was reason 10, 9. That's not awful. Yeah. That's not awful. And it has slices of pork in it. So yeah. that's like So for nine bucks you're getting um a hot dog pita taco. How how filling is it? It's pretty filling. It's like pretty filling. I mean, I we were worth a group and one of the girls finished half of it and she's like I'm full I'm like okay good I'll take it <laughs> <laughs> Wish she had a whole almond before she walked in the park seriously <laughs> so so no joke this is a that's a recommended food item yeah. because a it gives you mobility mm, so you yes. can go wait in line and eat somewhere uh, but b it tastes good yeah yeah okay. I recommend that one for sure at that same stand. I do not recommend their jerky. Oh, yeah. The turkey jerky. Sorry, no I know way. Costa kind of liked it, but Costa's like a scientist, so like the <laughs> idea of like dehydrating meat gets him off. 
Like, but for me, I was like, this shit, <laughs> this shit was whack, dude. I was like, why am I paying for dry ass beef jerky? Yeah, that's definitely like what everybody's saying is don't get the jerky. Miss so. me, dog. And I have a theory. So I think one of the one of the executive chefs at Disney, like one of the higher higher up dudes, is a vegan. Mm. So all the vegan food is kind of dope. And all the meat-based food, it's like, there's a lot to, to be, you know, admired and still a lot left to, to build there. So I'm like, I wonder if he's even tasting this shit. <laughs> well, and I think that really went into the thought of how to build this is like the current consumer culture, you know, there's a lot of vegan options, a lot of gluten-free options, a lot of that is built into this land and they didn't mm. have to do it that way. You know, even the, the green and blue milk being coconut rice milk-based mm. was like so smart, you know, yeah. to be a vegan product, also to for the people that can't drink you know or lactose free or whatever um that was i that was a definite goal of theirs to get yeah and so if you're still hungry you're gonna move should we talk about more food or you want to spice it up with a little bit of the other activities that you could do no, I think Let, let's keep going through food because okay. I, I want you i want to know what my hit list is and i imagine that our listeners do too okay yeah so the the only other place to like really eat there well popcorn how did you feel about the popcorn um I would rather regular Disney buttery popcorn. Yeah, so same. they have a, a spicy, sweet, red and purple mix popcorn. And I was expecting a little bit more thicker flavor, like a caramel corn, you know, but it was it was soft. I was like, I would rather like if you're going to make it salty, make it salty. I'm going to go get the buttery. So I, I would just recommend going get regular. Sometimes you need a popcorn fix. Go get yeah. the regular Disneyland butter popcorn. Shit's amazing. And it's not like popped fresh or anything. So there's you're missing that like hot fresh component that mm. i think is really good about popcorn yeah it's not there so yeah you miss it sleep on that <laughs> yeah sleep on that what'd you think of the milk stand before we go to the the good the cantina uh the milk stand is interesting like i knew i had to go because it was blue milk is featured in a different episode and so is green milk so they like to actually talk about these specific items in episodes um in star in the star wars series mm -hmm. um so we went and tried them um the blue is definitely like tropical flavored i was reading that there's like watermelon dragon fruit kind of uh is what it's based on or what the flavors are based on um and then the but the base itself is coconut milk and uh coconut and rice coconut milk. rice milk blend mm -hmm. um it's kind of uh weird because nobody at the stand will tell you what's in it or what it's made out of or anything so i know that people are very like conscious about you know what they're consuming and that that part was difficult because you couldn't get any really answers from especially that. when it's labeled milk in general which is one of the biggest things that people are gonna be like what's in it because of just the lactose movement that's yeah happening. absolutely or even i have like friends that are allergic to pineapple and they're like oh well this is a tropical flavor they're like oh they assume that something like that's inside but they won't tell you exactly what fruits are inside that's still kind of weird to me um and then the green milk though is a more like it's supposed to be more citrus forward i got heavy like perfume like rose yeah. water or something out of that one so i wasn't like a huge fan of either uh, i heard the pro tip though is to like blend the two that's what i heard that's what i keep hearing and i haven't gone back to do that um but they i hear both together is good so they won't blend it for you but when you go and you stand in this line and it's kind of like it's called the watering hole area yeah of the outpost there and so it's fun because you see kind of milk containers hanging above you and then just to the left like there's a water fountain but it's mm -hmm. not 
a water fountain that's like metallic and you press the button on the front it's actually like a, a hose that like is is metal and kind of hangs from the wall if you're if and and this this was super cool because i was like this is how people drink water in villages in the middle east like you go to these rural villages up in the mountain and the water comes out of uh the wall like it'll it'll just come out of like brick wall and it's kind of cold and stuff like that so i thought that was really cool but the milk you have to purchase two separately and mix them yourself, but that's actually a really cool and refreshing way to drink it. You get the best of both flavors. Neither flavor is strong enough to stand on its own, so Agreed. when you just mix the both, it's a good way to split it with friends. It's worth a try. It's refreshing, and it's, it is $7, so it's not cheap. Yeah. Uh, but the other drinks there are like 4 bucks and 5 bucks so like you might as well get something you can't get anywhere else yeah. and that's and it was good fun. to share like get one blend it and then share it with a bunch mm-hmm. i think that's the tip there but i want to do come i want to come back and actually like throw some whiskey or some tequila in it cuz then it it just be fire it, it would be a great alcoholic drink to roam with yeah i think so i think that was a missed opportunity <laughs> uh, you guys are talking about drinks we've got uh, a couple of drinks on our table that was the coca-cola integration yes of yeah. coke and sprite um, <laughs> i remembered seeing these um in some of the editorials that i saw they look pretty darn cool to me and the and what i will say about the preview imagery that i think disney provided like looks pretty good uh were you guys kind of impressed with uh that integration yes. as well <laughs> I'm just a super nerd for stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I, that was the first thing I went to. And like, you can't, after your four hour time slot is up, they won't let you buy anything else in the land. So they're basically trying to push you out. So I couldn't even buy these. And I was like, I have to go back. And the first thing I'm going to do is buy those grenades. And you can only buy one of each flavor per person per transaction. So these are grenades. Yeah, apparently. They're Jedi grenades. Jedi, Jedi grenades. grenades. What's cool is the trash cans. This is how like well thought out things are in there design wise. The trash cans all have a slit uh, that looks like an oversized oval, but it's very like it's thin. And then right in the middle, there's a silhouette and an entry point for specifically the Coca Cola grenades. Like it, it's the only way the grenade will fit in the trash can. Disney so, clap. so it's like which came first? <laughs> like obviously, like they had drawn up these grenades for so long prior that they yeah. designed the trash cans after. So I thought that little things like that you'll start noticing in in this land that will just be like, all right, y'all did it with this. So they have their uh, there's only four locations you can get those, and they're kind of randomly sporadic throughout the land. Um, and they don't, they sell these and water and that's it. Um, and there, there's one by the cantina line. There's another one by the rise of the resistance ride. There's another one right by the entrance of, uh, the Thunder Mountain. Yo, did any of the cast members walk up to you during your visit and like, Hey, have you tried the popcorn? No. Bro, they did that to me like three or four times. <laughs> I was like, are you like making a recommendation? Or are you like going to give me this food for free? What's the deal? And then so I obliged one and like, have you tried the Ronto wrap? And that's like before I mm. bought it. And I was like, he was like, you should really try it. It's fantastic on this on this planet. It's one of our favorites. And I'm like, oh shit, you buying, dog? <laughs> and then, but I, was, I was curious. I don't If anyone out there has experienced that, I'm curious. Like, has anyone else kind of... Uh, solicited you is that part of how Ooh, it feels in a like bazaar training maybe <laughs> yeah like in a bazaar like I know Disney's not one to be pushy they're not like racketing like yo buy a balloon do this do that but I'm just curious if that's like special to this land or if that was 
just one dude. They definitely have like verbiage for getting you out. Uh, we How did they get be- you out? I'm just curious because I, I left early both times. So well, they were like, "Oh, your time on this planet has arrived, like has finished, or whatever." <laughs> and they're like, "And your ship is here to take you home." <laughs> like, oh! <laughs> so they're like, are definitely trying to target you if you don't have the color of that time uh, to get you out of there. And even if it's closer to like late at night, they close off certain entrances or exits to force people to go out a certain mm. way. So stormtroopers don't come by and like finally kick people off. That's what I heard was going to happen, and I've stayed to the end of my time all three times, and that never happened. Do you think the time is like this arbitrary construct that makes it feel like there's a lot of shit in there? But like, because I felt rushed the whole time. And then on both trips, I felt like I saw everything. Yeah. So like, I I was done like two hours into each because I I got into the cantina on the first time. The second time I couldn't get in. So like, those were big time chunks that I didn't need. And all the experiences outside of the food, which we're still getting, there's so much more good food to talk about. Everything else is like pay to experience type things yeah and i felt the whole i thought the land was so big and it is huge it's 14 acres of of land which is immense i think it's probably the biggest per land capita inside disneyland but there wasn't that much to actually do outside of just experience outside of just a walking trail and this is coming from someone who's not a huge star wars head so i imagine i would go buck wild and just relish and fucking set up a tent or a beach chair and just (laughs) relish in it if i was a true star wars fan but after two hours i'd eaten what i wanted to eat i had ridden the one ride that was open i didn't want to pay 100 bucks for a droid or 200 bucks to watch someone else do a lightsaber i was done with the land so yeah i think you can get in and even i've had friends do all of that get the droid get the lightsaber go to the cantina and all of that within their four hours but you just have to plan it right yeah. So, so on media day, the the droid building factory, super cool. Yeah. Like you walk in, there's conveyor belts with droid parts that you can pick up and you take to someone who builds the droid for with you, you. Yeah. and or with you. Yeah, you kind of, you have a little bit of, of say in the whole thing. You pick the different pieces and the colors and then it's remote controlled. So they kind of turn the droid on for you mm-hmm. and you feel like you just birthed the droid baby <laughs> totally and you control it and you test it a little bit then they put it in this package i thought the whole experience was super cool absolutely the first the first day the media day yeah. when i went it was awesome i didn't buy anything just walked around and enjoyed myself the second time i came back as a paying customer the lines were way different <laughs> so when i walked in the area where i was looking at the conveyor belt you're not allowed over there oh. unless you're buying something uh so one of my friends, luckily, was buying a droid. He was trying to keep buying a cute little BB-8. So we were allowed to tag along with him, and then you get the full experience. But mm. the whole time, I have a cast member, and this is where we're talking about breaking that wall. Uh. She was like, uh, can I help you with something? And I'm like, yeah, my friend's building a droid. She's like, well, you need to, you need to move along. I'm like, um... Okay, he's building a droid. I don't know the the speed that it takes to build a droid, but I'm here for this experience. But you can't enter that area anymore and see the conveyor belt oh, of all the pieces. Yeah, because that's really unless cool. you're paying. Oh. And I was like, ah, it's kind of a kind of a bummer because that is an activity to do to go see this droid factory. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh that that was a little. little I mean, weird. It's, it's also the same thing with the lightsabers because even the waiting to get to get into your lightsaber experience is outside. So there's just all these crowds, and it doesn't. First of all, another irritating point, none of the shops have any signage. Mm. The cantina, no signage. The droid, no signage. The like, the, Nothing has like a really sign that says like, 
this is where this is at. <laughs> Nothing has that. So you have to find this like weird area that's uh, that's like junkyard, and that's where they put the lightsabers together. And everybody's outside, so you can't see what the inside of this lightsaber building area is unless you're buying a lightsaber. So some of that can be construed as cool, though, that it wasn't like so commercial that like like neon signage. Here's where you buy this shit. Here's yeah. where you buy this shit. Everything kind of flows into each other, and it. Part of that land is discovery. Like yeah. part of it is like, oh, I just stumbled upon this part. Um, but I'm thinking about the like 60, 70 year old Star Wars fan that's like bum hip sure. trying to walk around this place. <laughs> like, I can't find this thing. Where is it? You know, like I've looked three times. You know, like I just think there's a little bit of that. That and they're not helpful either. They're when you go to a person you're, and you're like, hey, where's the lightsaber? Where do I build a lightsaber? They're like, we don't have lightsabers here. Like the Jedi Order is out. And you're like, oh, okay. But like, what's the real answer? <laughs> yeah, you don't understand. You can't speak that language. And because you only have a four hour window to learn this language, it's not yeah. like you have time. Like, oh, I'll come back later this afternoon. Yeah, I I'm told refreshed. everybody uh, when people were asking me, I said, like, study the map. Like, it's really important that you look at all the places and you know where they are because there's no way to tell otherwise yeah you've got you guys have described multiple consumer shopping experiences that i mean to be honest if you have the money sound like pretty interesting you know taking the i don't know circa 2000s build a bear premise and going a wall with new technology and contemporary toys like that that sounds interesting if you're balling <laughs> Um, but the land itself with one ride and we're going to get into more of the food. If you can experience it all more or less in two hours and then realistically you're spending time or money with these shopping experiences. I don't know. I feel like that's, I feel like that's a drastic different picture than what people are imagining because when I hear star Wars land, I think of, I'm going to be able to do lots of stuff. And I've got cousins and family coming in for my brother's wedding from Michigan. And they're going to Disneyland for Star Wars Land. Like, so, like I'm texting with them like, hey, what are you doing? We're going to Disneyland this day because we want to go to Star Wars Land. And now I feel like I have to tell them, hey, this might, you know, this is, there's one ride there's some eats and if you want to buy a droid or a lightsaber like this that's going to be the place for you so i don't know that feels different like i almost feel weird that i i should be texting them and giving them those expectations and so, I, go ahead oh, so i felt this exact same way with immediate ramifications so the first day i went as media i left at a good time but i didn't pay for anything and we had a reservation for a few days later with my friends and family, group of six. I purposefully did not tell them anything about it. I wanted them to come in with a fresh lens because I know that I had these like inherent built-in biases. biases that I was like, look, I go to a lot of media events. I'm thankful for that. That's not a flex. Low-key. It's tight, dog. It's tight, dog. I'm not a huge Star Wars head. Uh, I don't like waiting in lines. So other people have different levels of skin that can find enjoyment in different things. So I didn't want to prejudice them by putting them through that. So I was just, they asked me how it was. I was like, you're going to want to see it. Like, and part of that is right. I was like, seeing that Millennium Falcon, 
you can't get that anywhere else. So even if you lightly like Star Wars or have seen a film, it's breathtaking. Yeah. Um, the food, you will find good food there. You absolutely will. And it could be argued that it's some of the better food in the park. And we'll, we'll get to some of those. We still haven't hit uh, the docking, docking bay. bay yeah, yeah, there's good food there. That's where you should be eating if you if you have time to sit down. So I wanted to make sure I didn't lead them with any sort of bias on that. And sure enough, they had a good time. Like they took the pictures they wanted. You want, you, you're you basically paying for a good photo experience as well. Like you get to take that picture in front of the Millennium Falcon. What's that worth to you? Yeah. What's your childhood memory of watching like six Star Wars and it changing your world and now getting to walk into your favorite film? I don't want to take that away from any of them by even letting them know that even a non-Star Wars head was like, ah, this is kind of a, this is kind of a thing. But even like $100 for a Star Wars BB-8 it's like not a bad deal. Like yeah. it's a remote controlled BB-8 robot. Customized, customized to your preference. Customized to your preference. It's and you get to bad. watch it being built. That I mean, that's sick. And I mean, that kind of comparing again, but the the wand in Harry Potter land like activates different Word. parts inside of the park. And the droid too does the same. When you have the droid, it interacts with other droids. It interacts with droids in the land exclusively. It just is alive in a different way there than you can get it anywhere else. And you can build personality chips that have different personalities depending on what you want to do. So it's highly customizable, really engaging, and actually changes the experience in the land. So definitely recommend that for sure. Yeah. Uh, so... Again, that's why other people will find real great and valid joy from from that. I do think my thoughts on the four-hour reservation window, on the first day when I went with media, I was like, oh, this is actually really smart because really smart. it's actually pacing the experience for you. Instead of, if it was open to everyone that goes into Disneyland, it would just be a mob and you'd be shoulder to shoulder. That's how Harry Potter is. It still is like that. People yeah. like wait in a mob outside of the land and then they let in waves of people as people leave. And I, I still now I'm thinking like there's a better way to do that, you know, and this I think really helped manage that. And it managed crowds in Disneyland in general. They're, like that 15 was, hour or 15 minute waits at Space Mountain is like unheard of in decades. Yeah. And it's, like, it's helped mitigate the balance of what's in the park too. The park is nice right now. Like yeah. outside of Star Wars land, I think it's had a positive effect on the rest of it. You're no longer shoulder to shoulder with people during peak times. Yeah. So I thought that was really nice. And dude, I'm just looking at photos again of, of stuff inside the docking bay seven. Let's get into it. I want to hear about it. Okay. Can I just start with like what I thought the best thing was? Yeah. I'm just going to jump right fucking there. Was the Ethereum garden loaf. The one I told you about. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. Don't sleep on the loaf. This shit is cracking. Yes. What the F are you talking? Like, what does that okay. mean? It's a, it's a vegan meatloaf. It's made with impossible meat, but the just, it's flavored really well. And, it's it's like juicy almost. It's it's really good. It's so good. There's a mushroom sauce on it. It's sitting on a bed of mashed potatoes. God There's bless. A, a few carrots in there. God bless. <laughs> Dude, what's cool about this place though is unlike other Disney restaurants, they serve it to you in like a real cast like, iron cast iron <laughs> feeling bowl that looks like it was forged by like three dudes who had no other tools to forge yeah. it, and then. There's a spork that's like the only utensil you get in there is yeah. this spork, but it works. It doubles as a knife, as a fork, and a spoon. It's metal. I wanted to steal it. They probably wouldn't have known. <laughs> and 
it, it was like perfect. And I was yeah. like, this is really cool. This is worth it. I'm sitting in here. I sat outside. They have a nice little courtyard. Mm-hmm. And again, I want to remind everyone, once you're in this place, you forget you're in Anaheim, California. Yeah. You have no recollection of where you're at because every piece of skyline that you see makes you feel like you're on that planet. And so like when I'm eating this thing and you see like string lights hanging above, you see like cast members running by, it's really busy. I'm like, dude, I feel like I'm eating inside a Star Wars movie. Yeah. And it made that garden loaf taste so damn good. But I had some of the other meat-based stuff, the smoked kadu ribs, pretty nice too. Yeah, they're they're taking a lot of flavors from Asia, Morocco, like they're doing, uh, really trying to understand those flavors. And the peppercorn they keep bringing back because it has that like tingle in your mouth, um, the like Szechuan peppercorn Mm. spice. And uh, they put that a lot on the ribs. So sometimes it can go either way, I felt, because I've had it a couple times and it's been like really great sometimes and like really overpowering other times. So you get that big chicken stick. Yeah, the chicken stick. I but again, that's another one. Like I loved it the first time I had it, and because it was almost like a breast that they compacted into yeah. a cube. Um, but I've heard other people got like shreds and pieces, so it was like pieces of chicken. I was surprised. I, so what we're talking about is something called the Endorian Tip Yip, and it's basically a Jenga oversized Jenga sized <laughs> piece of chicken. Yeah, and it's fried. And I thought, well, it's just a giant chicken nugget. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. So I was expecting like ground yeah. meat, ground chicken in there. But when you break into it, it actually is like the breast intact. I don't know how. It looked like they cubed off that breast. Uh-huh. It was good. It was juicy. And the, the sauce is like a, a spicy, like ahi amarillo sauce, like a almost yeah. Persian, you know, uh, Peruvian flavor. Like a little know? green herb gravy on the bottom. Yeah, the yeah. other mashed potatoes that they're using in the other dishes, like... I, th- I thought that was good. You're not going to go wrong if someone in your party is like looking for a chicken option. That one's really good. I tell, tell me about the Mus- Mustafarian lava roll because we put that up on IG. How, how did you feel? It's obviously picturesque and it's uh, look, looks like it's a cinnamon roll topped with chocolate cookie crumbs and a lava sauce. I couldn't find it. No, that's in it's breakfast oh, only and it's it in the cantina. Mm. And so oh. this is a cantina breakfast option. So that's also a good thing to kind of remember is before 10 o'clock breakfast option is Ronto wrap. Docking Bay 7 has exclusive food items and then the cantina sells the lava. Um, yeah, I was really roll. excited to try it and it, it wasn't available at the time that we went in. But yeah, that's a good it's a good looking. It's basically this giant cinnamon roll topped with chocolate cookie crumbs and this like very bright red purple hueish lava sauce uh that one looked really really good what else did you have at, at uh the docking bay that you that you enjoyed do you the, remember the loaf was my favorite the loaf was the shank is good I, it was kind of dry when i had it and then i had it a different time it was like good but i just go back to that loaf all the time Bro, i'm telling you this executive chef over there is <laughs> vegan y'all <That's, laughs> um so you guys are sound pretty high key about uh about Docking Bay 7 in general. And this is where you will sit down. Well, you order, I'm assuming, at a cashier and then do sit down. Well, first you have to find the friggin' door. That's step one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the door's hard to find. Because the first door you hit from any of the entrances is the patio door, and you can't go that way to get the food. And then the next door is the actual exit. So if you start walk, and they don't tell you it's the exit, so you can walk through the door and get all the way to the counter and then realize it's the exit. So then you have to go back through the exit. And then the third door, closest to the Millennium Falcon, 
is the entrance to the actual space. And then that takes you to the line to the front. Use the app and order food though, guys. That's actually like, mobile if there's order. ever a line, Oof. use the mobile order on your Disney app and yeah. you could just pay for it on your app and then you just pick it up in a mobile order. Yeah. People there were just, re like the people in running line. that door, they were telling me like, don't wait in line. Yeah, just, just get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I uh, did that the last time we were there uh, for all of it and it was just so quick. Yeah. Dang, what else did we eat? That was good. I mean, inside Dog May 7, is, that's like some good food in there. If yeah. you're going to sit down, that's where you're going to chill. I had a couple desserts there. I wasn't a huge fan of it. But yeah, the loaf. They also do a lunch. Like the meatballs uh, are made of the same impossible oh, meat. And they do that for lunch. And that's really good too. Yeah. Overall, are you recommending the land to everyone you see? Are you kind of giving... Uh, some stipulations kind of attached to recommendations. Been, How are you approaching the conversations with friends, family that have seen your guys's photo and are obviously asking about it? Yeah. I mean, I, I really told everybody to like, if cantina is a priority, like you really should get that first. That was like a number one thing. I also told people that are from like the original star Wars generation that this is, this takes place like in the current, episodes so like these are the current characters kylo ren uh ray like that's where it is now and so you won't see luke skywalker han solo like chewbacca's there but he still is in those in the mm -hmm. series now um and so those are just like things to remember because that was like a huge thing for people that are like you know in their you know older whatever that have like this is their thing you know same thing with the cantina like the expectation it's a it's a different planet in the current star wars universe and so it's just a little different than i think people are expecting yeah i think they built it trying to catch the very tail end of those older star wars fans mm -hmm. but knowing that the future and this land's supposed to be here for decades right yeah. it's not built frankly for those of us on the tail end of this and that are going to continue to go to disneyland yeah like that so my recommendation does come with a lot of stipulations at this point, especially if you're buying a ticket just for Star Wars land, which yeah. I, I know a lot of people might be thinking of that. Like they might not have thought about Disneyland in years and they might be looking to buy just for Star Wars land. So you got to come with those stipulations that these are the food options that we mentioned currently that we recommend. There is right now only one ride. So if you do wait, just wait. I guess wait till the end of the year until you hear that second opens. ride is open. Yeah. Cause unless you have a Disneyland annual pass, like if you want the full star Wars experience, the best you can just wait, just wait. You already, you've, you're not going to be the first to post a picture anyway. So yeah. just wait. Um, so, but, but it is such a great and immersive experience. The level of detail that they put in this park is crazy from like, when you walk in, the cast members are like, instead of like, good morning, they're like, bright suns. Yeah. Or in the evening, they're like, rising moons. Like, <laughs> like the little attention to detail, and I've heard it gets better on recurring visits. Um, but that four-hour time window is probably there for a, a lot of nuanced reasons for Disneyland. It felt, I feel rushed in there. And then you realize, like, there's no reason to feel rushed. You're going to see everything, everything. that you need to see. Your pocketbook will thank you later yeah. <laughs> that you're just taking your time. But yeah, if you're coming in from out of town in these next couple months and you're vaguely a fan of Star Wars, I can't tell you not to see it. I still think I still think you will walk away with the pictures you want. Absolutely. You should buy a droid if that's your thing. If if you want that lightsaber experience. I can't imagine. I didn't watch Star Wars growing up. I didn't watch it until I was in my college years. But if I grew up with that fandom, 
I would spend that 200 bucks on a lightsaber and enjoy every last moment of it. So I'd recommend that. As a foodie, I mean, I don't know if I would recommend it as a foodie necessarily, but you're not going to go wrong with your Disneyland ticket. There's so much outside of Disney, outside of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge that you also get great food experiences as well. So uh, recommended with some stipulations on my half. For anyone that's kind of looking for a hit list of all the food and beverage items that we kind of briefly talked about, make sure to hit foodbeast.com um, or just search Google for Food Beast Galaxy's Edge. Costa wrote an amazing article of all the food and beverage that's available um, with all the detail that you want from uh, the cocktails at the canteen to the full menu of Doc 7. So definitely had there we we briefed on as many items that i think we could in in this limited time period but head there for more info yeah guys and for everyone listening through the podcast apps uh we are starting to stream our food beast catch up every wednesday when we do record on wednesday and we release them on thursdays for you guys so you guys can tune in live and all you have to do is go to twitch twitch.tv slash food beast if you're watching on your desktop if you want to go grab the twitch app it's completely free and you can watch us live you could throw in questions so everyone on the twitch app thank you guys for watching right now hey 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 and bobby thank you man thank you for geeking out with us a little bit time uh thanks disneyland for putting on a pretty cool <laughs> land i hope i'm not banned forever i'll tell you guys about that cool. later <laughs> um, Jeff, what any final words? Yeah, follow my my co-host Eli at Book of Eli. Follow our guest Bobby at Bobby Been There. Follow um, Jeff Cutnick at Jeffrey Cutnick. That's Jeffrey with a G. Mm. <laughs> Hit, right. us, hit us up in our DMs about the topics you want to see on this podcast. And also let us know if you tried any of the items that we talked about and give us your feedback. Uh, we'll be back next week with another pod. In the meantime, please leave your review and those iTunes and wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us out a lot. Word, word, word. All right, guys. Hey. Have a beautiful week. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>